With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you an entrepreneur on the move? EOTM Media Group has become the new voice for you. EOTM has the most outstanding public relations firm that will suit your needs as well as your budget. Thanks to EOTM Radio and staff, EOTM has climbed the ranks, reaching over 1 million listeners worldwide. Not only is EOTM Media Group mutually respected for its amazing quality, but also for their branding and marketing expertise. Everyone in the industry needs PR and marketing. So with that said, if you or someone you know needs PR or marketing solutions, Contact Carla Barnes, Head of Marketing and Branding at 213-290-3573 or visit her website at www.eotmediagroup.com or join her blog at www.eotmblog.com. What's that? You're interested in hearing a few live shows? Visit our radio page at www.eotmradio.com. Thanks for your time. This commercial is brought to you by EOTM Radio and Classic City Records. Get some rest. I chilled. 
I laid back. I didn't catch the movie though, but I laid okay. back. Okay. What'd you get to see? Uh, I got a sneak peek at a movie coming out actually this Friday, which stars the wonderful Miss Holly Berry. It's called oh, yes. uh, Frankie and Alice. And she plays a person with multiple personality disorder. Uh, mm. You know, Holly Berry, she does crazy well. And uh, the movie starts yeah. itself and Felicia Rashad. Um, it's not really a big budget movie. It's more like an um, independent artsy-fartsy. You know, I love that. Um, she puts out the good work. Of course, you know, we know, all know Holly Berry can act her patootie off. But uh, right. she really goes there. I think that she her realm is... Um, the, the 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 mentally psychotic she does that pretty well, uh, kind of okay. sort of like she did in Gothica where she played a little crazy. I like her in that realm. She does it well, and Felicia um, okay. Rashad also gives a wonderful performance in this movie as well. So this is something that is coming out actually this Friday. Don't look for a big budget on this. Don't look for you know to see a bunch of uh, previews and trailers for this. This is a smaller budget film. Um, it's going to be a smaller release, but it's definitely worth the visit to the screen, especially if you're a Holly Berry fan. She puts out some quality work. Yeah, she work. does. She definitely does. Uh, Adam said he's calling in a little late. He was running a little late. But uh, anything that you can think of that's coming out that, that you uh, look forward to seeing? Of, of I know I, want, I wanted to check out that movie, Noah. I'm hoping that Adam checked it out. I didn't have an opportunity to see that. Um, of course, you know, um, Captain America comes out this week as well. So that's going to be like the big budget uh, movie leading into um, the spring season. I guess it's the first uh, big budget of uh, the anime. Well, it's not animated, but the Marvel comic movies that are coming out uh, this year. We have X-Men also coming out this year as well. And um, I'm looking forward to um, May and the summer movie season. It's going to be some really big budget uh, over the top movie is going to be released this year, and as far okay. as you know, as far as big budget movies are concerned, those are the only ones that I'm really checking for. You know, I'm a more of an independent house, you know, low budget, yeah. high yeah. art quality type of dude. Yeah, that's true. Uh, is Spider Man coming out this year? Is Spider Man coming out this year? I do believe that they are slotted for. Yes, yes. There you go. There he is. Sorry, yeah, yeah. hey guys. Yeah. Uh, what, what is the storyline on this one, Adam? The Spider-Man, they're actually in, introducing a few, well, a multiple villains. It's uh, the sequel to Amazing Spider-Man, and it will have the Electro, which I think is being played by Samuel Jackson, and, and we Jamie have Fox is in it as well, right? Oh wait, maybe yeah, maybe it's Jamie Foxx that's doing Electro. Um, yeah, Jamie Foxx. And then we have Rhino. And then we have, I think the Green Goblin is coming out in this one as well. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, it's interesting that they're, what they're doing with the series. But, um, you know, I'll end up watching it definitely. What did, did you, you get to see anything over the weekend? Yeah, I actually saw a movie called Bad Words. And I don't know if it has a wide release yet, but it's uh, – Starring Jason Bateman from uh, Rest of Development fame, and he actually directed this movie. I think this is his first directorial uh, debut. And it's about a 40-year-old guy who joined a regional spelling bee contest for kids 
because he found a loophole in the system, and he wins it, and he goes into the National Spelling Bee, and he wow. is sponsored by this um, newspaper. Yeah, and there, it's it's kind of a funny one. It, well, it's definitely a, a comedy, and it's an interesting one. So we don't know his motives. You know, you learn as time goes on what his motives is, but he's an adult in a spelling bee with a bunch of 10-year-olds, and he's very vulgar, very rude. Of course, he's winning because he knows how to spell everything. And he becomes friends with this other kid, this 10-year-old kid that's also in it along the way. Um, it was good. It's um, not anything worth going to the theater for. You know, you could save, you know, 12 bucks and wait for rental. But uh, if you like Jason Bateman, he does a great job in it. The little kid does a great job. And um, it, it was a fun watch, but nothing that you have to rush to the theater for. Okay. And anything uh, you looking for, you're looking forward to? Uh, well, yeah, I came in uh, right when uh, Chike was talking about the X-Men movie. The Days of the Future Past looks amazing, like the latest trailer. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely made me excited about the movie. Um, so that's kind of the big one coming up for me. Uh, that's coming. I know it's still a little ways away, but it, it looks like an exciting one. And then I okay. know Captain America comes out this weekend as well. Okay. Definitely some movies coming out. Anything you want to add? Uh, no, that's it. Um, I just uh, caught up on that, and I'm definitely excited that the season's kind of picking up for movies. Uh, the lull is yeah. over, and January was rough with these slow movies, and even February, but now we're back on track. All right. Well, as always, we thank you both for your hard work, and uh, have a great week, okay? Absolutely. All right. And, Ms. Park, I know you've been on this whole time. I didn't even know you were on there. Uh, welcome. How's your Monday? Uh, I am trying to get through it. Um, yeah, I was trying to say, say something, but I think we had me on mute. Um, but it's mm-hmm. all good. I'm trying to get through it, trying to figure out why I'm so tired on this Monday, but it's yeah. almost over. So. It's almost over. Tell, tell us about uh, tell about the uh, food truck uh, uh, event we we uh, we ran into each other at uh, this weekend. Yeah, it was, um, I've always loved food truck. It seems like it's getting... Um, bigger out here, but it's always been a West Coast thing. It's always street food, food trucks. Um, mm-hmm. It's been there and always been big out there. And so I like the fact that, you know, it's coming out here, and, and, and I spent the last couple of years going to a couple of food truck events. We used to have them all over town, but I think the city and the food truck committee are in some kind of a struggle as to where the food trucks can be and can't be. Um, so okay. they're not as, um, around the city as they used to be. It used to be every Thursday night, um, there was a parking lot in Midtown they used to be at, but I think that now they're regulated on where they can be. Um, but there was a food truck festival called the Taste of the Food Truck. I guess it's a play on the Taste of Atlanta, which originally started the Taste of Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's a food truck version of it. It was pretty, for the weather being as horrible as it was, if you right. were in Atlanta, um, we had really bad weather on Saturday. Rain pretty much all day was rainy and windy. Um, there was a break in the weather, and I thought, okay, we'll be okay. So um, I went out there with a friend of mine, checked it out, and, and ran into Stephen. I thought the event was great. I thought the turnout the turnout was great, but it would have been better yeah. if the, was, the weather was uh, a little better. And I, I thought it was a little overpriced as well. Um, street food right, street yeah. on the West Coast is known to be really cheap. So out mm. here, it's weird to me that they would charge $13 or something. You know, it's just out there, it's like, yeah. you know, 3 $4. Right, um, right. So it was a little overpriced. I, I actually got my ticket off a of Groupon, which is half off. 
Um, but I think they were charging twenty dollars to get in, and 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 that once you missed that first three hours, I guess from twelve to three, they gave you three or six tickets with your your entry fee, and then you could use those tickets to truck. But then after three o'clock, the tickets are on a worth a dollar. I thought it was a, a bit of a price, but I like the fact that street food is becoming more popular. Yeah, and. Uh... The only thing that really bothered me was those long lines. <laughs> but, but the food was good. The food was good. Uh, talk about the, remember the little boy that uh, we went to one you of the trucks. Ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> one of the trucks we went to, uh, the line, I mean, they were moving through that line, but we didn't realize that on the other side was another line of people waiting for their food. I mean, people were waiting for a long time for their food. And finally this little boy was in the crowd. He screamed, I'm hungry. <laughs> and everyone kind of laughed because it just kind of what everyone was thinking, you know, waiting for that food. But uh, overall, I thought the food was good. They had some really good performers there as well, um, you know, singers and whatnot. I got to see towards the end. Uh, but it was a good event. It was definitely something different for me. I, I've had food truck food, and, like, I agree, it's usually a lot cheaper. I know they used to have this uh, taco food truck in uh, Atlanta Station. And, I mean, two, three-dollar tacos, you know, really good tacos. Um, so some of the prices were a little expensive, but but overall, good time. How was the rest of your weekend? It was great. I wanted to um, give my, my nephews a shout-out today. Um, one of them is going to Baylor. He was accepted and, and accepted oh, their wow. uh, uh, invitation as, as well, and I think he's doing a tour next site. That's the only school he wanted to go to, the only school he applied right. at. Um, wow. And so he got in, and, and he's very excited about that. So he's graduating in June from high school, and, and, and and moving on to Baylor in Texas. Um, another yeah, nephew of mine uh, may be going to Cornell. He received his offer um, letter yesterday, um, okay. official offer letter to Cornell. He wanted to go to Princeton, had an interview with Princeton, uh, went through their process, but unfortunately he wasn't um, accepted. But the fact that he were in a process for two Ivy League schools, I'm very proud yeah, of him. Exactly, um, and yeah. definitely, um Definitely a, pr- a proud auntie. Another uh, one mm-hmm. of uh, my nieces graduating from college in in um in May. So definitely big ups to the the young wow. people. Feel mm-hmm. really old. Niece graduating from college, and two in college. This has been so weird. Um, exactly. but you know, definitely uh wanted to give them a shout out and let them know that my their auntie is very proud of them. Very very proud, very proud. Especially see young people doing good things. Going mm-hmm. to Ivy League schools can't beat it. Can't, can't beat it. it. <laughs> so, Aaron, you on the line? What's up? What up? What up? Hey, Aaron. Hey, Miss Parker. <laughs> Mr. Knight. How's it going? Ah, oh, man. Dayton Flyers lost, man. Mm. They lost to Florida. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of sulking still over that. They made a great great run though, but it's over. It's over now. Yeah, so. so what's up going in the world of sports? Sixers finally won. I I repeat this: the uh, Sixers finally won their um, their 26 game losing streak ended recently. They um, beat the um, Detroit Pistons 123 to um, 98 Saturday Saturday night actually. So the Sixers again their um, streak of 26 um, games lost. Has has ended, um, Stephen, Miss Parker. I I want y'all's opinion on on the um, NCAA players 
forming a um, union and possibly, you know, um, getting getting paid a uh, salary. What uh, what is what is y'all take on that? I I, I don't think. Well, I think it's kind of a catch twenty two because the schools make so much money from the mm-hmm. athletics, you know, and so yeah. the coaches and the scouts they're all making a lot of money off of it. The students aren't, you know, they're getting different perks and whatnot, but they're not getting paid money, money uh, to do it. Right. So, I'm, oh, I, what do you think about that? Um, I actually. Somebody was on Facebook or Instagram, one of those um, social media, um, trying to be funny. There was a, a comment made or a poster made that um, something about um, there are only two industry where a black man can be employed and I get paid or something, and they, they mentioned that. And I don't mm-hmm. know. I, it was trying to be funny, but then it kind of like it's a it's a statement that kind of wakes you up, like you know they right, yeah. money from just March Madness. I heard the tickets that sold this weekend because the games were played in New York. Am I mistaken? Mm-hmm. Some of them were. Yep. Weekend was played in New yep. York. Those tickets, the cheapest tickets. It was this was on War News. The cheapest ticket was was seven hundred eighty dollars. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! That That's a lot of money. Yeah. So for a college basketball game, yeah. that those games were actually making more money off the tickets than the game than the the actual Final Four is going to make or the you know the final games. But just you wow. know just that put things into perspective. The game being sold at the cheapest cheapest yeah. ticket seven hundred some dollars. They are entitled to something. Their their um their efforts and hours of practice, something has to give. I'm not saying pay them NBA type money, right? But right. they have to be compensated somehow because yeah. they're putting in a lot of work and a lot of people are making money. I can say if, I can see if no one was making money off of it, right? That's true. That right. would make sense. But you have people mm-hmm. you have people who are making millions off of it, mm-hmm. yeah. and if they're not getting anything off of it. That's like free labor. That is true. That is true. What What are your thoughts, Aaron? Well, actually, I'm with Miss Parker. I feel that that um they should get paid something. Mm-hmm. Now, an actual salary, no. And the reason being is is because they're actually they're um they're actually being paid if you think about it by by their um their um scholarship. You know, let's okay, let's mm-hmm. let's say for Example, uh, attending the University of of um, Georgia. Let's say that it that that it costs twenty thousand per semester. That's being paid by their um, their um, scholarship. So times that by three years, four years, whatever. Anyway, um, you you get my point. But they but they definitely should be paid something. I would say maybe a, a siphon of maybe. A thousand dollars a month or something, or five hundred, some something. I would say maybe five hundred, a thousand dollars per month into an account, because what the um, issue is is that many of these athletes, they their um their um, room and board is paid for, um, books are paid for, scholarship, everything's paid for, but they don't have money to actually go out and do the little things or even buy. Toiletries, you know, the, like yeah, you know, personal not, things. They're not allowed to work. 
then right, I'll have yeah. to work. Right, exactly, exactly. Because and like, like something like, you know, poor, you know, many of these um, that are making this money for these schools come from, um, you know, come from poor, poor, really poor families that can't afford to, um, you know, send their, um, their, um, their um, kids money, you know, so it's, they definitely need to be paid something. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, I agree. But, but a big salary, no, but definitely something. Absolutely something. I agree. Yes. Um, also wanted to talk, um, did you all hear about Kobe Bryant with this, um, something that he said with regards to Tra- Tra- Trayvon Martin? Yeah, I read something about that. Yeah, yeah, I read something Could you tell me more about it? Because I actually barely heard, barely heard about it. So yeah, I, I don't want to talk much recently, I'm not a huge Kobe Bryant fan, so I didn't just didn't take the time to read the whole article. But it was about okay. he did an interview for one of I think it was New York Times, okay. and they asked him about uh, you know, I think the question was had to do with black men in America or something. And okay. his thing is, you see, Kobe grew up very privileged, and and I I can understand right. because sometimes when you grow up, your your experience really frame who you are. So mm-hmm. Kobe can't relate to street kids. And so his thing was that I think what he was trying to say is that black men need to take responsibility for how they carry themselves and then also being quick to react, being mindful of how you react. I guess trying to say, like, because we – how I took it is that because we live in a society that judges us off of our – and that's just what the way it is, judges of, of our skin of our skin without knowing us, that it is up to us to take responsibility for how, for how we carry ourselves as well. I, I mean, I can see where he's coming from. I, you know, I don't think people should have to kind of cater to that, but then that's reality. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I go back and forth because I see his viewpoint, and I, I at times agree with that. Uh, but then I've had friends who really said, you know what, it, you know, if a white person walked in the room, you know, where it was a mixture of everyone in there, I'm pretty sure they're not thinking, how can I act less white? You know what right. I mean? So I get that. <laughs> that is true. It's very true. That's true. All right. Well, is, he of, yeah, right. is he getting a lot of uh, follow-up uh, because of that? Yeah, and, actually, and that's, that's what the article was. The article was printed online, and then I guess the the site that I was reading off was just talking about how he uh, – the black community was was upset about his comment. Okay, okay. I'm uh, looking at it now. Yeah, yeah. The um, yeah, people are upset about the comments. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the article now. Yeah, he's taking some um, heat definitely for it. So, but hey, yeah. Kobe, Kobe, speak your mind, brother. Don't don't stop me. No, don't stop speaking your mind, man. Because just like Miss Parker said, he's he was raised. You know, in a different, different way than like than like many, than many other people. So his experience is just as valid as mine and yours and and uh, Miss Parker's or you know, anyone else's. So, thanks, Kobe. Keep on talking. Mm-hmm. Um, also, though, okay, who is y'all's? Um, so who do, so who do y'all have winning the um, final four? Out of the four teams, there's Florida, Wisconsin, Kentucky. And UConn. Those are the final four teams. I say Florida. Florida. Okay. Nice, nice pick. Who do you have on it? Well, for me, I have Kentucky. Okay. 
What were the schools again? Kentucky and who else? Kentucky, Florida, Wisconsin, and Yukon. I'll go ahead and say Florida. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, actually, if Florida wins Saturday, Saturday night and if Kentucky wins Saturday Saturday night, then Florida and um and Kentucky will be playing for the um, national championship on uh, Monday. So that'll be hot. So we can actually talk yeah. about it, you know, next Monday night, you know, if, if it's Kentucky and uh, Florida championship game, that'll be hot. So let's hope that good. happens. Definitely, definitely. Um, that's pretty much it I got in the world sport. Actually, I kind of wanted to mention really, really quickly um, the whole Ray Rice thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, Ray, Ray, Ray. Uh, his fiance that he's alleged to have actually um, knocked un- unconscious, they actually got married recently. So some oh, did people they? are not- yeah, some people are um, trying to say that the reason why they got married is because she, so that she could not be able to um, testify against him in case this ends up going going to court, you know. So, so anyway, um, Ray, wow. brother, get it together, man. I, um, I hope you and your new wife, you know, are able to work each other down, man. Just love right. each other. You all have um, a um, a um, beautiful daughter together. Focus on raising her. And that's pretty much it, man, with the world of sports. Um, you can follow me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Aaron Cosby, Aaron Cosby, Aaron Cosby. And um, I'll talk to y'all next week. Janaris, all, right. all you Actually, Janaris is out. She uh, is not feeling well today, but she'll be back next week. Go to uh, budgetshopaholic.com for her updates. Ms. Park, any entertainment news you want to discuss? I think the biggest one I was going to talk about was the Kobe one with um, – Iran brought up. I can't think of anything else. I know there's there's probably been so much um, mm-hmm. going on lately. Can you think of anything? I just probably need my memory jog. Yeah, I know people have been talking about the whole, apparently they, at the taping of the Housewives of Atlanta reunion show, uh, Portia got in the physical with uh, Kenya. And, yeah, uh, apparently Kenya is, uh, is trying to get the, uh, the VH1 producers to fire Portia. Um, after the fight, so I, you know, I can't wait to see if uh, if if there's something that uh that really that really happened, and or if they're just trying to you know put up a uh, publicity that the reunion show is coming up, um, and it, it, it gets pretty good ratings. Um, but they released the, uh, the, the now one tape. Excuse me. Oh, so they they uh, released the now one tape. Uh, can oh, call? I didn't hear. It. I didn't hear. Yeah. It. So who called? Kenya called and she said that uh, that Portia uh, hit her in the head, but I didn't hear uh-huh. the whole thing. But that was kind of going through it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely uh, not a good situation. I don't think I think they're too old too uh, old to be fighting at this point. Yeah, all of these shows are starting to get old with the whole fighting grown women in their forties and thirties and and fighting. Um, Congratulations to the to our mayor Kasim Reed. He got engaged over the weekend, and he is expecting oh, yeah. um, a baby with his uh, with his new fiance. Um, apparently, her her family uh, is she's from Georgia. Went to school in um, D.C. Howard, and then went to uh, I think Ohio State as well. 
but you know, uh, she was former Miss District of Columbia. So she has she's a pageant uh, pageant child, um, pageant queen. She is um, she's thirty four. He's forty four, and they are getting married and having a baby. So congratulations well, to them. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, that's real good. That's real good. All right, let's go to the questions there real quick before we go take our uh, commercial break. And I know, uh, Ms. Parker, you answered it. The question was, would you ever uh, write a tell-all book uh, about your life, your life story? And you say that you would? Yeah, it's something that I would consider. Mm-hmm. Just, just for sharing your story or... Yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody, I think everybody have a story. When you say yeah. tell all, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't know what you mean by tell all. There's really nothing that's about anything that I've done. So, right. um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind telling my story. There, you know, there, I think there's certain things that I probably would. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people actually said they would. Some people, of course, said they wouldn't. Uh, then we, I found out some people who answered the question, they actually had kind of told a version of their story or working on telling their story. I know Isma Richards, she's somebody that uh, me and her brother were best friends growing up. She was like a big sister to me. She has a book out called Rising Out of the Ashes of De- uh, Depression. It's available on Amazon now, so I definitely look forward to hearing her uh, talk about that. And then Quentin said he has a book that's coming out very soon. It's not 100% tell-all but it's maybe 75% of his life as he got older, past relationships, and the good and the bad. It's going to be an amazing read. And then Merrill said that she's done, she's almost done with her book title, Shattered Dreams, Broken Promises, yet still a strong woman. Uh, But it's it's about her life based on, you know, getting through disappointment, heartaches, deaths, and comebacks, whatnot. So a lot of people are working on this, so that should definitely be... uh, that would be interesting. Let's see who else. I don't know if I write. I probably will write one right when I'm about to die. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm about to die when I'm an old man. I probably will write one. Um, I think, like, because I, I agree with you, Miss Parker, that everyone does have a story, uh, and everyone people can be can be uh, people can be inspired by someone else's story. But anyway, go on Facebook, Twitter, and let us know. Would you write your tell-all book? And tell us why. And we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show. On EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Dr. Salisa Thompson is a professor, writer, entertainment manager, music expert, and professional speaker. And also, Sister R&B diva, Selena Johnson. Please help me welcome back Dr. Salisa Thompson. Welcome back to the show. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. What's going on down there? Y'all all in Atlanta? We're in Atlanta. Most of us in Atlanta. Uh, most of the teams here in Atlanta. We have some in D.C. and some... Uh, in yeah, Philly. In Philly, yeah, Philly, Philly. Uh, Chica's in Philly, yeah. But, uh, you know, 
I'm, I'm always amazed by you because if you look up entrepreneur in the dictionary, I think they have a picture of your face. <laughs> you know, this, this oh, is what God. you do. <laughs> you wear so many hats. Tell, tell uh, the listeners a little bit about, you know, your, you coming into being this entrepreneur superstar. Well, I don't know if I'm a superstar yet, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really just about, I just, you know, I think ownership, having your own, mm-hmm. not relying. Now, don't get me wrong. I teach full-time at Berkeley College here in New York City, so I do have that very consistent paycheck benefits mm-hmm. and that whole thing. However, I'm in academia, so it's not, I love it. It's my passion. I teach business, leadership, entertainment business, entrepreneurism. Yeah, I teach everything, right, in the business world. Right, huh? So it's, it's easy for me, um, and my hours are short. But I do have my own company. I've had my own company for mm-hmm. 13 years, and I just think people should own something. I yeah. think you should have something that you can pass down to generations and generations, and I don't think we're owners, especially as black people. I don't think mm-hmm. African-Americans, we are owners. We don't own, you know, we've we got to start owning our own companies, taking our own um, destiny in our own hands because you can, something happens with that nine to five or that cushy job, you know, it happened to me. Um, you know, I had to go out on disability last year, and I was so happy that I was able to, have, I was still booking shows. You know, we were taking season three RV divas, and you know, there's things that were money was still coming in. But just imagine if I didn't have my own company, you know, I would be right. finished. So my mm-hmm. my goal is is really to empower people, black, white, whomever, entrepreneurs, small business owners around the world to think like visionaries. And so that's the first thing that starts with, and that's kind of why I started this network. It's like everybody's got a vision, but do you even know how? What do you do after that vision, after you have that vision? What, what's next? Right. And a lot of people, you would be surprised. A lot of people don't even know the importance of having a good business name or logo. I saw that on your uh, Facebook today. You said uh, one thing that drives you crazy is people, and they mispronounce words in their business name or business and stuff on business correctly. <laughs> I saw that. I, I, can't I, I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't do it. <laughs> And, and, and tell, but, but, you know, that's a, that's a good point, though. And tell why that's important not to do that. Well, here's the thing. Unless your name has very strong meaning. So the name of my company is D-Y-G, three letters. Someone would, first of all, if you, if you saw that, you would most likely, number one, think it's a, a male company, right? So it's D-Y-G Management Group. Group automatically, you probably think, oh, she's got a bunch of employees, and it's a he. So I picked a very strong, dominant name, three letters, like, you know, someone thinks it's Daniel Young Grayson, you know. Right. <laughs> but DYG stands for Define Your Greatness. So there's a different meaning behind it. But I just picked a strong name. It's so important to have a good name because you you will ruin yourself right out the gate. Now, unless yeah. your name has meaning, like it's something cool or a child's name, or like Selena does her, her company is her name backwards. Right, it's a Neil okay. Entertainment, which is Selena backwards, and she just mm-hmm. stole that from Oprah. We was like, right. Oprah did Harper. Uh-huh. Right. So you ruin yourself right out the gate with a name that's weak, that um, there's misspellings. Like no one's going to take you serious. And think about some of the greatest companies. Names are very simple: Apple, Nike, mm-hmm. Coca-Cola, 
Walmart, yeah. Google, like, and they're selling Apple like Apple. You know, there's no, like, I see the craziest things. And that first thing I see, first thing I think of when I look at the name, I'm like, oh, they'll never make it. Like, real right. rough. Like, yeah. no one's going to take you serious. Like, you, it's sad, but we got to think corporate. And if it's a corporate person or a white person or somebody that's a, from a different country, India, um, Asian, they're going to be like, they spelled their name wrong automatically. Right, they're not yeah. going to think, oh, they're cool and hip. No, they're going to be like, you can't even, or <laughs> I see people uh, in, in a uh, business, D-I-C-M-E-S-S. I can't. <laughs> You're very passionate about that, but I but I get I get why, and that's that's why I brought it up because it is important. So after you come up with your vision and you know that okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is this is my entrepreneurial move. What's the next step? Well, the model for our network, and I launched this network. I was so you know it was so inspired when I launched it, and we just came mm-hmm. together, and we, me, my sisters, uh, Omar, my boyfriend, we launched, and we were like, we got to start building our network. That's a, right. a lot of people don't understand. Your network determines your network. And so yep. what I was seeing was that people got all these ideas and dreams and aspirations, so they have vision. And the next thing you're supposed to do is to plan. And from that is execution. And finally, you get rewards. So the model of our um, the network is vision, plan, execute, rewards. And it's wow. in that order. Now, the problem is people want to go out. They want the money first. Like, they want to go out right. of order. They don't have a plan. They don't have a business plan. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. What other what – other, uh, tips do entrepreneurs need to, to know to be successful? Well, I think I think what's important is, like, what we were doing, um, you know, we're, season three of R&B Divas, I got to do a shameless plug, does air <laughs> April 23rd. Okay. <laughs> April uh-huh. 23rd. It's going to be a good one. Season three. Um, <laughs> it is April 23rd, 10 p.m. Eastern, right? So when we were going into season three, you know, actually going into season two, Selena and I were like, we cannot miss out on this platform. We cannot mm-hmm. miss out on this opportunity. So if you watch season one and season two, you always saw Selena with different business ventures, and she launched her hairline and her mommy gets old DVD. We're still mm-hmm. editing and trying to get that out. She lost two albums during, you know, now she's working on mm-hmm. ther- um, couples therapy. But what entrepreneurs, I think, lack is they, they get these opportunities. They get these platforms, and they don't use them. Yeah. So uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys have friends, family. You are right now somewhere, wherever you're launching your radio show. It's an online radio show. It's blog talk radio. However, you have the ability to reach thousands and thousands of millions. I'm sure if you get people that haven't reached out to you one time, can I be on your show? Hey, man. Right. <laughs> Can I talk about my product? I bet you got a cover right now with uh, big business entertainment music, spelled wrong, and he has not asked me one thing. So what entrepreneurs lack is that, that, that ability to seize the moment, seize opportunities, and utilize platforms. You, yeah. know, you know you know somebody that, is, that you, you're, you're in the realm or you're in the midst of people that can make something happen and you're sitting there and you're not seizing because of pride, because of ego, because you don't know. 
And that's mm-hmm. why I think this network is so important because we're, I'm going to teach you everything you need, what people are not teaching you. What right, you, yeah. Maybe you can't go to school, you can't go to college to learn, or what these rich folks, these wealthy people, you know, they're creating business models and, you know, pre- they have their media kit in place and they have their LLC and they're, they're earning all these multiple income streams and revenue streams. And that's what we're going to be teaching. How to let's get our credit scores to eight hundred. That's our goal. Like our network, we have eight hundred clubs. Oh, we wow. got eight hundred credit scores. Cause you can't do nothing with with five fifty. So can't. So can't. You can't do nothing with five fifty. Uh. Not nothing. You probably get you about. Well, you probably get you a credit card. They'll sell you a car though with an interest rate of thirty percent. So will. So will. <laughs> So tell us more about the network in terms of how can a person join. And, you know, because there are a lot of networks out there, and sometimes people join, and but they don't fully utilize the network. Tell how someone can join this network and use it to its max and be successful. Well, here's the thing. We have, we have a very, very bad problem in our society. Right mm-hmm. now, um, and I just tweeted you, Steve, and I showed the, the link. So mm-hmm. the network, you can join up until about 11.30, I think midnight, for $49 for okay. one year. That's unheard of. Wow. wow. Um, it goes to $99 tomorrow, which still is unheard of. Uh, we did the math, and it's about $6,000 worth of services. So we have coaching, monthly training. So every month we're going to be training. This month, actually, we're training every week. Um, there's one-on-one coaching. There's business plan review, mentorship financial advice, wealth building. I do a marketing tip of the month. You're connected to our network resources. Um, you know, Selena's in the network. Salette, my other sister, Omar, my boyfriend's in it, Kiwan here, Selena's husband. We already are building the network. We have so many people that have been joining. It's low process. We're building and mm-hmm. building. But right, you can yeah. join for $49 by midnight, or you can join at any time. But you're getting one year and there's a, a built-in referral process. So if you refer people to the network that join and sign up, I pay you. So now uh, there's, a, there's a built-in referral, and, and it's just so much like we're going to have a give-back component. We're going to do charity drives, and um, I'm taking this on the road. Like I'm going to go to every city. We're going to hold visionary parties and get people to sign up and join this network because so many people lack knowledge. Um, they, they lack understanding. And it's just a shame, but I've been offering this, like, I've been doing boot camps and ultimate boot camps. You guys know. You guys follow me on Twitter. I'm always mm-hmm. getting somebody in my, in my inbox. You are. Yes, you do. Every five seconds, I'm getting somebody in my inbox, my email. Can you help me with my business? Can, how do I start in the music <laughs> business? Can you manage me? Like, everybody wants everything for free. Like, we right, all pay for yeah. something. Like, when do we pay for stuff? Ever? Like, do you ever pay? Right. For That's anything? true. Nothing's so free. So we, we got gotta to be real in yourself. You have to be real. Invest in yourself and, and and just be honest. Like the way you can take advantage of this network is just to be active and honest. We have a private Facebook group that I add everybody to. We're throwing ideas around. It's, so far we've been like all of the members that have joined have been pumped up. Everybody has been like, wow, I need to do a lot of work. Or like, oh, my God, I don't have that. I didn't think of that. You know, so I just think whatever network, you're never going to find a network like this. Like, and I'm not bragging, but maybe I am, but okay. <laughs> but how are you going to find a network that's affordable, that is run by 
a Grammy-nominated singer. You know, Selena's going to be chiming in on her expertise. She's been mm-hmm. independent for a while. She's had her own company since 2001. She's had her entertainment mm-hmm. company, which just out of nowhere, you know, her attorney was like, you should start your own corporation before you go on this R. Kelly tour. And that was like the TT2 tour. And she mm-hmm. was like, okay. And she didn't realize <laughs> later on, like, she realized, wow, okay, having my own company, like, I can funnel a lot of money through this. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and, like, not have to pay a lot of income tax. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it was like, whoa. Like, I can start right. my own label, you know. Um, you just have to be, you know, and then you have a network that's run by a professor. You're like, I'm a full-time that's business professor. Say. Yeah, I was going to say that the fact, I can see the benefit of that. In itself, you know, a professor who run, who's running as well as your sister, you know, obviously uh, R&B diva. Well, let's, let's switch gears real quick. Let's, I know, we, we mentioned briefly we mentioned R&B divas, and I don't know how much you can share, but what can you share about this upcoming season? Um, I will say that it is going to be fascinating. Now, <laughs> is there won't be any Portia and Kenya hair pulling moments. Oh, none of that. <laughs> no, but it will be some close calls. Uh oh. Uh oh. But it's not with Selena. That's all I care about. Uh, okay. There will be. Um, I, I will say this. I'm not gonna. Well, first episode, you can already go out and see the teaser. There's some drama already. But I will say this season is going to be really fun because there is a lot. Like everybody kept saying, "Where's the singing? Where's the singing?" Every episode has singing. Like they put on shows, concerts, rehearsals. Oh wow! So I will say there is a lot of singing. So I don't want to see any fans complaining about they sing too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there's a lot of singing. So a lot of singing, a lot of crying. Um, you already know they cry every five seconds. And right. it's just a better vibe. Like so. Um, I think it's a great vibe. Faith didn't come back, and Nikki's not coming back, and Latasha right. isn't coming back. So they got Mila from 702 and Latavia from Destiny's Child. How are they mixing um, the group? Uh, they're both sweethearts, so I don't yeah. want to give too much away, but they're very, very sweet. But it's um, their stories are very interesting. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Listen, I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time to join us. Tell us again where we can uh, join the network. We've already tweeted it on our Facebook page, but tell us again where we can join. Uh, tell us where we can join the network and where we can follow you on Twitter. I know you're very active on it. Um, I'm on Twitter at, at Felicia, that's S-Y-L-E-E-C-I-A, and I'm on Instagram at, at Felicia. That's another thing. These people come up with fake names, like, Pretty girl swag, like just have your own name. <laughs> I'm so over it. Um, and on Facebook, I'm Dr. Felicia Thompson. YouTube, uh, Dr. Felicia Thompson. Like I want people to find me. I'm, I'm not online. Right. I just, you know, um, if you can sign again, everybody sign up. Tell everybody to sign up for forty nine dollars. However, ninety nine dollars is still cheap for the whole year. And we're just hoping to take this this movement. Our goal is 10,000 entrepreneurs to come through this network by 2016. I'm trying to train the next generation, train business owners, train everybody to just know know business. You know, you got to know business as well Mm -hmm. as know your business. Exactly. 
Exactly. But thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. You guys are very no, supportive. So thank you. Thank you for coming on and, and giving us what you got. You know, it definitely, I, I learn every time I have someone like you on the show, I learn. I take away something. So I appreciate it, and I wish you all the best with the network. Oh, and we are coming to Philly. One of our um, network members, um, Sharon, I don't know if you know her, Sharon Monet. Okay. She's a playwright, and um, so we're working on Philly being the first stop. Okay. So you better be okay. there. Yeah. Yeah, I know she keeps my head up, definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you okay, again, awesome. and I wish you all the best. Well, thanks so much, guys. No problem. And ladies, we'll right bye. <laughs> bye. We'll be right back after this. Get Powerhouse Wolf Entertainment's artist Ron Anthony's love-making song, Home Tonight. Let's stay home tonight with The One You Love, produced by Blue Wolf Paul Pato. Download the single now on iTunes, Amazon, and all major stores. R-A-H-N-A-N-T-H-O-N-I. This will make you grow in love. This is from the forthcoming CD on Wolf Entertainment. You can check out other songs, including inspirational and dance music by this artist, on www.wolfentertainment.com.au. Let's get back to making love. A song phenomenon, Ramaya Armstrong is bringing back sexy in an extraordinary way. A brilliant talent talent. He is the man with the guitar and empowered voice. His hit song, Dream, stands out as a work of passion. Please help me welcome Amaya Armstrong. Welcome to the show. What's going on, brother? How's it going? Man, I'm good. I'm good to be here. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I always love uh, talking to fellow singers and artists, so it's definitely a pleasure. Tell us about, uh, you know, when you knew music was what you wanted to pursue and how you got started? Man, it's it's funny. I have an interesting story. You know, um, I'm not your traditional, I guess, person that when they was three, they was like, I was singing. I always wanted to be famous. Um, Mm -hmm. I really didn't take that route. I kind of evolved into it, so to speak. Um, I guess I started with knowing that my gift was with writing. You know, my gift was with poetry. My football coach in high school actually was like a creative writing coach and he a teacher and he kinda saw a hidden talent in me and kinda nourished that and then that kinda evolved into college, you know, freestyling. I am a I'm a true rattler fam. You know I gotta represent Florida A and M University. <laughs> <laughs> so the highest of the Seven Hills, Baddest Band in the land, all that good stuff. Um but yeah, so it kinda went into conscious rap. You know, a lot of people don't know I really rapped before I started singing and People that know me from back in the day, they're like, yo, you sing? So it kind of just evolved. Um, okay. And I actually was on campus, man. Ordinary people came out, and I always could mimic voices. Um, and I was kind of mimicking a John Legend song, and a girl walked by was like, yo. And that, and, and that kind of was like, okay. So I kind of put my poetry with my, with my voice and just started writing for other people. And just when I saw how it affected people, when I started putting my messages from my poetry with some chord progressions and things, and I I saw the reaction and how it how it helped people through bad times, or how it how it just helped people when they was in a stressful moment, and I was like, yo, this is this is what I want to do, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it just it was a natural progression. For you, what what defines a, a good song? Man, um, the effect to be timeless, you know. It's is is I I look at music like 
food, like it nourishes. So I talk a lot about um, good good music, our quality music, and I used to offend people when they'll say, well, what is good music? You're judging other artists. And I say, well, actually, you know, what is junk food? <laughs> you know, what is good food? What is junk food? So it's like I think everything is edible. You know, if your ears work properly, everything is audible and it's, you can listen to it. But I think good music or quality music is music that's teaching or is leaving a message behind or it helps instead of hurts, however you look at it. But it's not just for a money or for a fame, but it's for people, you know, whether it unites them or it can tear them down. It's so powerful. So that's quality music. That's good music. That's the difference between music that's for the soul and music that, Shouldn't even exist in some cases. <laughs> who were some of some of your influences? <laughs> oh man, honestly, you know, got a lot of old school names. But one of the first big people for me was Anthony Hamilton. I'm a huge Anthony Hamilton fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that was somebody that showed me that bridge um, between not gospel, not quite gospel and too preachy, but not quite. R. Kelly take your drawers off and all that other stuff, your panties and all that. So it's like he found that balance to where it was sexy, but it kind of had that spirit on it to where it was, it was you know messages in it, and it was something that you know you could you could play in your car if you got a, a eight year old in the car, or you can put the same CD in and play with your lady. So he showed me a good balance. So I'm I'm definitely a huge Anthony Hamilton fan. So we're gonna be playing two of your songs on next on our next. Uh half hour on our playlist, Dream and Vintage Love. Tell us about this song. Alright. Man, Dream was, um, you know, a lot of songwriters, you know, when you kind of playing around, you just having jam sessions with great, creative, talented people. You come up with some, some of your dopest songs on your album, and Dream was one of those sessions where I was freestyling with uh, one of my great um, musical brothers, Abar Hassan. And just playing around, freestyling, man, and, and I was just talking about, you know, the concept of dream kind of goes both ways, talking about a woman that, you know, I dreamed about, I'm dreaming about this this certain type of woman that I want in the future, and I think I see her and she's familiar to me, you know, in real life. And then it also has the, the ending of it um, is kind of talking about, you know, pushing everybody to pursue their dream, you know, especially when I do it live with my band, I kind of just go over and just talk about pursuing your dream, and your dream doesn't have an age limit, you know, <laughs> and and just making sure that you don't give up on it and watch the people that's around you because they'll kind of have you second-guessing it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Vintage Love, man. Vintage Love is a song I kind of had in my head, like an old-school song, Big Bang era, but I was so blessed to um, – Work with Ishii from Arrested Development. A lot of my they know Arrested Development from you know early '90s. Got a couple Grammys, and yeah. Um, yeah, I did a dope event, and Ishii was like, "Yo, you have a great voice," and I was a huge fan, and I just kind of stepped to it like, "Yeah, I, I got a record. I think your voice would be dope on it." And she just showed love. She came in the studio, did half of it. They went to Europe, and she came back and did the bridge like ten days later because they still tour heavy in Japan, and mm-hmm. so um. Mm-hmm. That was dope. Like, she went over there, came back, and, and finished the record, and I kind of just wrote it. She came in, true professional, and, and knocked it out in like an hour, and it's just been love ever since. What's your dream duet? Man, my dream duet? 
I mean, I honestly, well, they're not here no more, but I guess that. So it's going to continue to be my dream. I'm a huge fan of of Whitney, man. I would have loved to work with Whitney. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that was, if I could think of somebody now, um, man, I, lo- I love unique voices. I love voices with a little a little touch on them, like your Jasmine Sullivan's as well. And, mm-hmm. yeah, Chrisette, Chrisette Michelle, I'm a huge Chrisette Michelle fan. So voices that have that, kind of got that Billie Holiday little touch on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I love that. A little churchy, but not too churchy, you know. I, lo- I love that. That little that little touch on the voice, just something special. What's next for you musically? Man, I have an EP coming, you know, by the end of the summer. So that's what I'm doing now. I've been focused just um, just writing, teaming up with some producers, and just you know getting some stuff out there. But the main thing to look for is just been shows because the last six months um, I just was focused on, you know, I have a book as well coming out that I've been working on. So I was kind of focused on that, but it's good to kind of feel your supporters asking, like, yo, <laughs> when are we going to see you in the band again? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. When is that show? So it's, sometimes you kind of got to step back to to kind of wait for people to miss you a little bit. You know, you can oversaturate yourself at times. So, um, yeah, so I think that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. And tell everybody where they can they can check you out, check out the music, follow you on Twitter. Where they can keep up with you. Yeah, everything is Romaya Armstrong. That's R O M I A H Armstrong. So that's Romaya Armstrong on Instagram, Facebook, RomayaArmstrong.com. My album is also on there, Upright Soul. You hit the PayPal link and just support, you know. So everything, R O M I A H Armstrong. Romaya Armstrong, thanks so much, man, for coming by and talking to us. I wish you all the best with your upcoming EP. Uh, thank you, brother, man. Thanks for having me, man. Much love. No doubt. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Steed and Night Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Steed and Night Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Steed and Night Show, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the Steed and Night Show. Angela Viola, a.k.a. Big Ange, is the niece of Salvatore Sally Dog Lombardi, a deceased captain of the Genovese crime family. Angela, a single mother of two, was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, with her two sisters and four brothers. Many of you know her from the hit re- VH1 reality show Mob Wives. Please help me welcome Big Ange. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. It's definitely an honor, definitely an honor. <laughs> So, 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 what are you up to right now? Right now, I'm just chilling and taking a break before we go over. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Angel Richards is the founder of Helping Others Transform, a lifestyle improvement organization dedicated to helping women, children, and families declutter their lives, both inside and out so they can be, do, and have the best. 
Her passion for helping others transform as a result of her overcoming her own personal life challenges, fears, and circumstances to become a successful and grounded mother, entrepreneur, educator, author, and life coach. She is committed to helping others live a life of purpose and fulfillment and will share her formula with women worldwide. Please help me welcome Angela Richards. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Well, it's a pleasure. You know, here we always like to, you know, we have our, our celebrity guests and our musicians and whatnot, but I also believe in feeding the soul, feeding the spirit. So, you know, when I came across your uh, your Facebook page, uh, you know, I researched, I said, this is someone I definitely want to have on the show. So thank you for taking the time out your busy schedule to join us tonight. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you know how you – came to be a life coach? Like, I know that you had your own personal things you went through, but when did, how did you get to the point that you knew that you wanted to take your experiences and help improve other people's lives? Well, you know, I've been through a lot, and um, just, I never would have saw myself being a life coach, uh, to be honest. I primarily work with women, and years back, I really didn't even like women. Um, <laughs> I just felt that they were all, you know, trifling and, mm-hmm. you know, backstabbers and and I really didn't trust women. Um, unfortunately, because of what I went through as a young girl being molested and raped, I didn't trust men either. Yeah, okay. So I was in a place where I didn't trust men or women. And I was just at a very broken and hurt phase in my life when coming out of an abusive relationship, God basically spoke to me. I, to be honest, I was in the bathroom, bawling my eyes out. I just didn't know what to do next. I had been in this relationship for four years. And I was just exhausted, and I didn't see any other way out. I didn't quite have the confidence and the self-esteem to walk away or make any other decisions, a permanent decision, because I used to go back and forth. And just in the bathroom one day, in a place where I wanted to commit suicide, God spoke to me and said I wasn't done. Wow. Wow. And so I just, at that point, still didn't quite know what else I had to do, because I just felt like my life was a complete mess. But... In that moment, I realized that, you know what, my life does have value, there is purpose, I don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, I have children and I have things here on earth to do. And so from that point forward, I just kind of started to build myself up slowly but surely, uh, making some non-negotiable decisions, getting some people out of my life, and that is when I came across uh, one of my current mentors at an event, one of, like, a conference, and, um, just hearing him and his wife talk and share their story, I knew, I said, I got to connect with these people because just looking at my family and friends, I didn't have anybody to look up to or anyone that, you know, to talk to or that would help me. And mm. I got a mentor and, you know, his wife was a life coach. He was a business coach. And after working with them for a couple of weeks, I knew that I wanted to do what she was doing for me for other women. Wow. I didn't feel quite ready because I was still overcoming. But I knew that there were some things that I had been through and that I had overcome and that I could share that little piece with someone to help them. And that kind of birthed, you know, my whole helping others transform. Wow. I think it's it's interesting because I used to work with the youth. And I remember, you know, I used to run this program. uh, It was a detention alternative program. And, you know, you'd have the youth come in and they would, you'd see the change. But once they came out, they finished it, they had to go back to the same community. You talked about being around your friends and your family who, you know, they're not really 
helping develop you to that next stage. How difficult was it for you to to surround yourself with a different group of people with a different mindset? Well, you know, it was a challenge because they were billionaires. So it wow. was it was a totally different ball game. Yeah. And at first I felt really intimidated and I felt really um, self-conscious. I didn't quite, you know, I'm educated. I've been educated since for 10 years. I've been a teacher. I have a master's degree. So it wasn't the, um, the education that, you know, I felt inferior to. It was just the lifestyle. Right, The yeah. house, the cars, um, their circle, you know, the mindset was so different. And so I quickly, you know, basically just faked it till I made it and just fit right in. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much from being around them. But I'll tell you, it was very intimidating at first, especially because it was a married couple. And okay. I had not had healthy relationships with men. Mm-hmm. So while I'm listening to everything they're telling me, I'm judging the situation. I'm like, oh, he's probably a cheater. He's mm-hmm. got money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm uh, still allowing some of my old stuff right. to get in the way. But they turned out to be an amazing couple, helped me to get out of a relationship that I, um, you know, after that abusive relationship, I started dating someone else. They helped me to get out of that and see that that person was not for me and that, you know, they didn't appreciate me. And I mean, I just, I'm so grateful that I stepped out of my comfort zone and put myself in a position to get uncomfortable to ultimately become comfortable. Today, I'm very comfortable. Wow, wow. And I know I was talking to a female friend of mine. She was saying that there was a guy who, when she was at a different place in her life, he really liked he really liked her, but she did she thought he was too nice, and she didn't think she was deserving of that. But now that she's made you know strives to change her life, she sees that's exactly who she's deserving of. Is that somewhere what you had to go through? You know, with the men you dated and the type of guys you dated. Yeah, I really struggled with dating and relationships. In fact, it was almost like what I used to over my life, I used to say, I got all my stuff together, so if I just can't get this man thing down, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of joked about it, but the reality of it, it's nothing really funny about that, and I think a lot of women can agree, you have, you know, your family together, you have your home, your car, your career, your business, whatever, but it's just that relationship piece that's missing. For uh-huh. me, it was just having low self-esteem, and also being that woman who, um, when I did get a little confidence, I, I wanted to be in control. Yeah. I'm one of those women who would be considered like a not today, but I was considered a control freak at the time. So I want to be in control of everything. I didn't really understand submission and all those things I believe in today. So I would actually get into relationships with men who I felt needed me, oh. who I could fix up and you know mold into the man I wanted. So a lot of times, typically they didn't have their own place, they didn't have a car. Um, maybe they were working or not, but it was always, if they were, you know, a job that really wasn't mm-hmm. going to be able to support us as a family, and, um, or, you know, big dreamers and stuff like that, and, and I just always kind of dated men who needed me, but the sad part about it is I was attracted to them and drawn to them because I felt like I could help them. Right. However, I would be frustrated with the fact that they didn't have much to offer mm-hmm. me and couldn't help me, yeah. and so here I am asking somebody, hey, come on, I love you, we can make this work, and then a couple months later, I'm like, um, you need to get it together, because <laughs> this isn't working, yeah. so it was just like that catch-22 I put myself in. Wow, wow. Well, then you went on and you, you know, you, you established your company, Helping Others Transform. Tell us about, uh, you know, obviously you had began the, trans- begun the transformation within yourself, 
And what was the final moment that said, okay, now I can do this, now I'm ready, and this is what I'm going to do? You know, it's funny because I was having a conversation with the guy I was dating at the time, and um, I had helped him do so many things with his business, and then one day we were having a conversation, I'm like, you know, I'm almost done with my book. Mm. And he was like, what book? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean, what book? All this time we've been together, I've been working on the book, and you, what do you mean, what book? And I realized in that moment, he's not even listening to anything that I'm saying. Right. He's very selfish. Mm-hmm. He used to say things to me like, well, I don't think you should really start your business until you, you know, lose the weight and, you know, you get your money right. And, oh, wow. You know, maybe a new car because people aren't going to listen to you if you don't look the part. And for a while, I really fed into that and believed it. And I just kind of delayed everything. But there was that strong calling and that, that my gut just kept saying, it's time. Just take where you are, who you are, what you have right now, and get started. And I think probably within... A, a week or two of him saying that because it really hurt so bad, um, I realized that, you know what, I'm starting now. And it mm. was almost like, a, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to do it right now as is, and whoever likes it, likes it, and if they don't, I'm not for them. I kind of had that um, attitude about it. But I'm glad that I started when I did because there were so many people that were able to relate mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. because I wasn't at this elite status, and they felt like, you know what, Almost like that sister girl thing where, you know, I can relate to her. I understand she has a story. She's a work in progress. But you know what? She's a step ahead of me. I'm going to listen. Wow. So it actually really just all worked out. Mm. And I guess that the, the fact that people took on to what you were telling them and, and took heed to it, that was kind of confirmation that it was the proper time for you. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of dreams are delayed, not because God says, you know, it's not time, but because we have determined for whatever reason it's not time and it's not always true right well tell us about the uh, the clutter the clutter free mo- movement oh that's my baby <laughs> <laughs> so i started helping others transform which is my company hot and a part of that is hot coaching and so like all my social media is all hot coaching because when i started that was the name but um i dropped the word coaching and i just stuck with helping others transform it under that umbrella, which is the company, is my clutter-free movement. What I realized is, in order to get where I wanted to be, I had to really detox and declutter my life from the inside and out. Um, I had to get my mind right, my heart right, my finances, my body, my health, um, my relationships, and I really just had to move myself from clutter to clarity. Mm. And so that became like the foundation of which I help people get themselves to where they want to be. Right. And so I started the whole clutter-free movement because I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, women ultimately just want to be happy. They want to have peace. They want to have a healthy relationship. They want to feel good about themselves. They want to know what's going on, and they want to be able to have that confidence. And all of that can happen, but it won't happen until you get rid of all the clutter. You know, the confusion, the chaos. Like I tell people, just straight up, all that crap that's going on, that's keeping you frustrated and stressed and, you know, down and out and blocking you from moving forward to where you want to go and where you want to be, it's clutter. There's mm. really no other way to put it. Yeah. So it could be family, it could be friends, it could be your habits. And um, so I just started the movement, and uh, it, it's really becoming something big. A lot of people have gravitated towards it. I have a challenge that I take the women through for 21 days, and it's just exciting to see people move from clutter to clarity into 
embrace the fact that they want to live a clutter-free life. They don't, they're tired of the drama. Mm-hmm. You know, we can watch it on reality TV. I love Housewives just like <laughs> anybody else. But I don't need that drama in my life. Exactly. And so it's just exciting to see women embrace that. So I know you have the 21-day uh, challenge. What what are some of the, the initial steps someone must take to remove that clutter out of their life? You know, the 21-day challenge really goes through a lot of, it's, it's titled Out with the Old, In with the New. It really is about, you know, a new mindset and creating new habits. But at the bare bones, you know, level of just, hey, where do I start? It really is awareness. Um, I think that when I first started, I used to say, oh, well, women aren't going to know what clutter is. i got to be more clear because I realized that, you know, they were like, I'm not cluttered. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I don't mm-hmm. have any problems. You know, people just aren't always aware of yeah. what's going on in their lives. They aren't always aware that this is the person that's holding you back right. or these are the habits that's holding you back or these words you keep speaking. You know, like I used to say, men were always my problem. I couldn't figure that part out. Those words that I was speaking over my life, I wasn't aware of the power that they had. So mm. I think that awareness is step number one, just to become aware of who you are down to the core, who are you really? Not who everyone says you are or who you're trying to be, but who are you? You know, where are you at in your life? Are you in a good place? Are you in a bad place? And understanding, you know, how you got there. What were the choices, the decisions that you made that led you to that place? And then being very clear about who do you want to become and where do you want to be in life? You know, and just once you have that awareness, and, and I have a journal um, the Clutter to Clarity Journal, and it really walks them step by step through the process. Because once you get very clear, and it's like your all your stuff is laid out in front of you, so to speak, and you see, you know, life for what it really is and what you created for yourself. At that point, once you're aware, then you can just acknowledge it and say, okay, it is what it is, and then come up with a plan of how to go about it. So it's pretty much that awareness, that acknowledgement, and then creating that action plan on how you get a day-by-day, little-by-little, you know, thought-by-thought, declutter your life. And, and uh, I would imagine you have to be very honest with yourself. You can't, you know, sometimes you can sugarcoat things to other people, but you have to really be honest with yourself, wouldn't you think so, when you say so? Tell us about the the HOT Hot Society. Every week, just to keep them motivated and encouraged and inspired to 
just be more and do more so they, they can have the best in life. You know, it's that accountability, that girl talk, that real talk that sometimes we can't, you know, have with people who know us best. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, you know, with me, there's no judgment, there's no criticism. You know, I've probably done more than half these people have thought <laughs> they've done. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just come from a place of love and understanding. And it's a place where women feel, you know, really encouraged and safe to just be open and to learn and express themselves. So my society is, is definitely a bigger movement than the clutter free movement where I'm just pulling in all types of women. There's all nationalities, ages, um, women from all different backgrounds and entrepreneurs and careers. And so we go a six-month period, then we took a break, and then we're getting ready to relaunch in just a couple of weeks. And so everybody's excited about it, and I'm really excited to get back into teaching because that's something that I just absolutely love doing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you talk a lot about helping women, but I, I can, as a man, I can imagine a lot of the principles you teach uh, would really help men, you know, really help men, especially men that want to make changes in their life to, you know, get past different circumstances or past, uh, you know, what they've been through and overcome that. So I, I think this would be something that could really help, you know, men, men and women. Um, You're right. You're absolutely right. I do have some help clients because I do work with um, people one-on-one. And okay. I have some men that they look past pink and they look past <laughs> all of that and they say, hey, did you work with men? And I'm like, I sure do. Wow. And um, I've had some really great men that I've worked with that have overcome because, I, you know, I, it's funny, I put posts on Facebook and it's a man time and they're like, and vice versa. And, right. you know, that applies to women too. Uh-huh. And I'm like, listen, everything that I said applies to we yeah. all want to be loved, respected, honored, supported. So it applies to everybody. But I do work with men. Um, hot society is primarily for women, but there are some men that do participate. Okay, okay. So how do you feel, you know, from a personal standpoint, you know, a place, you were in a place of hurt and pain and you know, trying to overcome, but now, you know, you're, you're dedicated to helping others. I know that has to be a fulfilling, you know, feeling for you. I get a lot of joy and fulfillment out of it. Um, I'm not only passionate about it, but I do believe that it's my purpose in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I've been teaching for 10 years, and, and I've been teaching children, and I work you know, with their parents as well. So I just love teaching, and I get that fulfillment out of seeing transformation at any level. And so it's very, very fulfilling. Um, I'm at a place right now where I know that I'm being pulled to do something bigger and greater yeah. and to expand my reach and my audience, mm-hmm. which can sometimes be kind of scary, right. you know, because I am a shy person, I am an introvert, oh, but wow. I know that whatever I've been called to do is so much bigger than me, you know, it's really not about me, so I just have to really step out of my comfort zone at each level and just do what it is I've been called to do, and when I do that, even though it may be scary or challenging, it's always fulfilling. There's always gratification that comes out of it. Absolutely. And what is the, where is the best way, that, what, what is the best way to connect with you? Well, I'm all over social media on uh, Facebook and YouTube, um, Twitter. I'm at, at Hot Coaching, H-O-T-C-O-H-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, at Hot Coaching. And then on Instagram, which I'm in love with. I love, <laughs> I love Instagram. And inspiration. Yeah. So I love Instagram. And Instagram is my personal name. It's at Angel Richards. So I'm on social media, and then helpingotherstransform.com is 
my website and they can get all my social media links there. I love to connect with people and engage and, you know, really just build community. Wow, wow. Well, listen, Angel, I'm so grateful to have you on the show and, and I'm so proud of all that you're doing and, and, and how you're impacting, you know, when, when we live in a world of so much chaos, but to have people like you who dedicate their lives to helping others uh, overcome their past. So I want to thank you for taking your time to join us tonight, and I wish you all the best uh, with your future endeavors. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And for more information about Angel Richards, go to HelpingOthersTransform.com. We'll be right back. Are you an entrepreneur on the move? EOTM Media Group has become the new voice for you. EOTM has the most outstanding public relations firm that will suit your needs as well as your budget. Thanks to EOTM Radio and staff, EOTM has climbed the ranks, reaching over 1 million listeners worldwide. Not only is EOTM Media Group mutually respected for its amazing quality, but also for their branding and marketing expertise. Everyone in the industry needs PR and marketing, so with that said, if you or someone you know needs PR or marketing solutions, Contact Carla Barnes, Head of Marketing and Branding at 213-290-3573 or visit her website at www.eotmediagroup.com or join her blog at www.eotmblog.com. What's that? You're interested in hearing a few live shows? Visit our radio page at www.eotmradio.com. Thanks for your time. This commercial is brought to you by EOTM Radio and Classic City Records. Welcome back. Oh, 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 oh,
Well, that was a smooth sound of Ramire Armstrong. Check him out, y'all. I want to thank my guests tonight, Ramire Armstrong, Dr. Felisa Thompson, and Angel Richards. And thank you all for home listening. Have a great week, and God bless. Peace. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.